Are you sick of hearing from me today already? Because we're here to recap Wednesday's action. There were nine games on. Let's look at all the big news, lineup changes, injuries, valuations, waiver trends, whatever. Actually, we're not doing waiver trends, but doing all the other stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and Snow. It's the perfect texture for running. It's very low impact and when it's dry snow, your feet don't even get wet. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Double bang? Double bang? Listen on the audio. Watch the video, give it a thumbs up, give it a notification bell ring, subscribe, leave your comments down below. I think you'll have stuff to comment on today, so go and do it. We've got a lot to talk about. There are nine games on, and we'll try to make it so it doesn't last forever. Ever? Forever, ever? That's a song, isn't it? Anyway, that doesn't matter. Let's talk about what we need to do here. Um, And absolutely out of nowhere, Tyrus Halliburton's questionable for tomorrow. Now... Do you want me to talk about how the NBA doesn't manage hamstring injuries correctly? I won't. But then someone said, oh, Josh, you complained that Kevin Durant was coming back too early and he's fine. Yeah. One person being fine does not mean that everyone will be fine. This is a wide-ranging issue that's been going on for a very long time. So, yeah, Durant was fine, right? But, but the thing that's confusing here is that Halliburton was going to be reevaluated in two weeks. It's eight days. Hasn't even been reevaluated yet. He's ready to return. Come on, bro. The guy went down like he was dead. And I'm not saying he wasn't in pain because he was, but... How are you back in seven, eight days from a hamstring injury? Now, he's not going to play both of these games. They've got a Friday, Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. If he, oh, my God, if he plays both of those games. He's not going to play both of those games is my guess. I don't know which one he plays. Does he play for a revenge game against the Kings on Thursday? I'm not sure. So we'll see um, how they decide to use him there. But, you know, Siakam's not playing on Thursday. He will be there on Friday. I don't know. All I know is Halliburton's back. So if you do want to make a move you move on from McConnell. I think you'd be fine moving on from Nempart, even if Nempart does remain a starter due to the trade. He's not going to have that value. Of course, the Siakam trade did happen. Hopefully, I remember to put the link up the top here on the video, but there is a uh, show that I did earlier today talking about that for like 20 minutes. So go and check out the whole Siakam trade. Siakam, Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, Kyra Lewis, draft picks has all changed. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the coming days as we th- see things develop, but that has happened. So yeah, I'm not going to delve into big details on it now. I also talked about earlier the Jazz Warriors game today being postponed. I don't know when it will be rescheduled. That's obviously the, the low priority in terms of this game because, um, yeah, it was a tragic circumstance with the death of a um, Warriors uh, assistant coach, uh, Dejan Milosevic. Milosevic? Milosevic. Um, it's, uh, it's just horrible news. Like a 46-year-old man having a heart attack dying like that. It's, it's, it's shocking. And that would really mess you up. That's why they didn't play the game because yeah, a co-worker dies while you're with them the night before. You're not going to go and play the next day. That's just how it works. 
this game could be rescheduled at any point. I don't know if it'll be in your fantasy playoffs or not. Once we find out, we find out. Don't make any moves trying to predict it or anything like that. It's just that's pointless and it's a over um, over indexing of your energy onto something that you can't control and may not work out. The other news we got, which was off-court stuff, was Josh Giddy. The Newport Beach Police Department concluded their investigation with no charges. They couldn't get any evidence. The girl's family wasn't um, cooperating, apparently. So he's no no charges, not going to jail. He's not kicked out of the NBA. He's not going to get suspended. I'm sure people will still boo him. I wish I... No, do I wish I knew more details? That sounds wrong. I just... I don't know all the details. I who knows if they ever come out. I don't know what the age of the girl was at the time. I've heard 17. I've heard 15. I don't know. I know that he was 19 at the time that it happened, but it's done. It's finished. It is not the same as Carl Malone. It is not the same as Miles Bridges. It's not the same as any of those situations. Um, but yeah, the problem with Giddy, I guess now from a fantasy point of view, is he's bad. Like he's not playing well, but there's no risk of any suspension happening here. I, I would be stunned if something came out. There's no chance of a suspension, I, w- I would say, um, now that there is no charges that have been laid, which was probably always going to be the most likely outcome in that situation. So that's all of that news. Now, I de- debuted, debuted this segment yesterday just to give you guys a quick early rundown of what starting lineups changed. Now, uh, some of you, most of you said, yeah, it was a great idea. And I agree, it was a great idea because I did it. But... I think maybe you look at this and go, this is not necessary. But what I want to do is just make sure that everyone knows what is different in the lineups when we talk about it versus the last time that team played. So there'll be regular starters who have jumped back into a starting lineup that I just want to go through just so you know what is different in this game versus previous games. Find out how we go. So um, in Detroit, Boyan Bogdanovich returned. Kevin Knox went to the bench. Giannis was out with a shoulder issue. Chris Middleton returned after sitting the last game. Cool. That's pretty easy. Um, in New York, Jalen Bronson jumped back into the starting lineup. Deuce McBride went to the bench. In Toronto, with Siakam traded, it was Gary Trent who stepped into that spot. Now, it could be Trent moving forward. I think it's going to be Bruce Brown who moves into that spot. In Boston, we said that they were going to be resting guys. They sat Derek White and Porzingis. Jalen Brown returned. And then Luke Cornett got the start there in place of Christos Porzingis. They've been on this rest schedule for a, uh, a week or so now in a heavy portion of their schedule. Luka Dontich returned. Josh Green was out. Derek Jones returned. Maxi Kleber went to the bench in Dallas. So that was that lineup. And then the last lineup was the dumbest one because Scoot Henderson had a career-high performance last game and got benched. So Malcolm Brogdon could start for what reason? I've got no idea. And then Jeremy Grant returned and they kept Jabari Walker in the lineup and Tamani Kamara, who started nearly all season, went to the bench. We'll talk about that a little bit later on when we get into talking about that Raptors game. But that starting lineup change in Toronto, absolutely out of the blue. Completely out of the blue. Did not see it coming at all. Let's talk games. First one, Minnesota and Detroit. Um, The Pistons were definitely more um, competitive in this game. I think that's that's the way to, to phrase that. Definitely more competitive. In this one, 124 Minnesota, 117 uh, Detroit. Watch for Anthony Edwards tomorrow. Played through this one with a knee issue here. 27-5-8 with three threes. Didn't shoot well. He just seems a little banged up at the moment. Towns, of course, didn't generate defensive stats, but he had 27-6-4 with five threes. And Jaden McDaniels, that's two big ones in a row from the big fella. 23 points, but of course, he needs to shoot 73% to get there. And everything else lacks. Two rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks. He's a streamer because they play tomorrow, but I don't think he's a 12-teamer. 
Gobert did his thing, 19 and 16 in 38 minutes. And Conley had 8, 3 and 7, which is solid enough. But the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed, 9 points, 4 rebounds. He had 3 steals, which is nice. I don't think Reed's a must-roster player. I'll give him a jack. Get that garbage out of here! But you don't, you don't need to move on. You don't need to hold. It's, there's little ups and downs in his value where... Same as almost Jaden McDaniels. They're going to be rostered in most spots. But you don't have to. Look, you can. You just don't... The value and upside of them is relatively low with the way the team looks. For the um, Pistons, Boyan returned. So Kevin Knox went to the bench and still played 21 minutes. But what we wanted to see, well, what was the impact on Asar Thompson? And it was looking relatively positive. But in the end, he played basically the same minutes as Kevin Knox. He had seven points, nine rebounds, which is great. But one of five from the line stinks. It was looking like, hey, maybe we take a look at Asar. Maybe we grab. But no, we're not. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we do it. It's it's a stash thing. I'm not sure we need to get out in front of it because like I thought with the trade that happened, it didn't open up this gigantic role for Asara. It didn't happen. What I I thought we might get some minutes from Danilo Gallinari. We did not. The player who played was Mike Muscala, who was the backup center. He had zero points in 15 minutes, missed all of his shots, but he's a shooter. He, he's actually washed Mike Muscala, but that shows you where James Wiseman is in his career. Muscala's shooting like 30% from the field, I think, for this season. And Galise is a credible threat from out there, but can't hit him anymore. But he was the backup center. Wiseman DMP'd. Shout out to Troy Weaver for giving up four second-round picks to acquire and then get rid of Marvin Bagley while chucking him $36 million guaranteed in the middle of it and Trey Lyles. And then throwing five second-round picks and Sadiq Bay to bring in James Wiseman all so Mike Muscala could be the backup center. We saw huge minutes last game from Isaiah Stewart. We wanted to monitor that because was that because Boyan was out? And the answer was yes. He had 25 minutes here, um, no fouls, 12 and four, one steal, three blocks. Now that is still a really good line, but I don't believe in Isaiah Stewart to be a 12-team fantasy guy if he plays 24 minutes. Absolutely no chance. But I do think Jaden Ivey's a must roster. 32, four and six with four threes on 59%. Love it. He's not going to be a great shooter every game, but he's putting up some really strong numbers at the moment. Top 100 over the last five games very easily. Killian Hayes got eight assists. That's what you stream him. He didn't actually miss a shot either. Eight points, eight assists. And Duran had 16-11 in his 31 minutes. But overall, the Pistons lose because they're the Detroit Pistons. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. It's you against numbers. You don't have to go up against pe- people. Who wants to go up against people? Yuck. You go up against the numbers. You choose more or less. You combine two to six of those into an individual entry, and then you can win up to 25 times your money back. They just put up a projection, whether it's points, or it might be assists or rebounds, steals, and you go, eh, less or more. Or you know, minutes for James Wiseman, and it's 0.5, and you go, definitely less. Combine all those together, and you can get up that 25 times your money back, as I've already said. They've also got their reboot policy. So if someone gets hurt in the first half, doesn't come back in the second, that player just gets rebooted. You don't lose out. So you don't have to spend your time begging on Twitter to these companies to void because it just gets rebooted for you automatically. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, here we are, 2024. Do you want to hire someone? Maybe you do. Because if you do, why wouldn't you go to LinkedIn? Other job sites, pff, that's old news. LinkedIn has access to over 1 billion, with a B, professionals. So you get your ad right out in front of their peepers 
and then you get that result you need. Small businesses have found they get a qualified candidate 86% of the time within 24 hours when they post their job on LinkedIn Jobs. I wish I had access to LinkedIn Jobs when I was used to be doing hiring in my previous job because it would have just weeded out the nonsense. And you get a lot of nonsense when you receive resumes and applications. There is so much garbage in there. But qualified candidates, they just come flooding through over on LinkedIn Jobs. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. All right, that is it's one game done. Let's go on to the second one because this second one involved your Milwaukee Bucks getting their asses kicked by the Cavs. 135-95, the final score. There was no Yanni, obviously, for the Bucks, as we mentioned earlier. Brooke Lopez, 11 points, 25 minutes, four rebounds, three blocks. That's not a bad line. But Lopez has sort of settled into that area now almost identically to where he was drafted. Probably picked around 80. He's 73rd now, 84th over the last two weeks. That insane cold streak to begin the season is a long way away. The insane hot streak after that is a long way away as well. Very intriguing to me that with Giannis out, they did not start Bob Portis. He had an okay line, 16 and 6 in 21 minutes. But the value of Portis is like he starts when Lopez and Giannis are out. And he did not. They started Andre Jackson. I don't think you need to hold Bob Portis. They don't play again until the weekend. Damian Lillard, yuck, 17 points, 5 assists, 35%. Really, another another poor game from him. And Middleton was worse. 2 points, 20 minutes, 10% shooting, 2 assists. He'd been playing much better. That stinks a lot. Jay Crowder returned. He had 15 points in 19 minutes. So what did he do to Leaky Beasley? Well, he neutered him. 2 points for Leaky in 22 minutes. We don't obviously have to add Jay Crowder, but we do Jack Malik. Get that garbage out of here! This was the fear. This is what happened before Crowder got injured, is that Beasley started playing 24 a night and Crowder was just getting more playing time. And Crowder's presence hurts Portis, it hurts Beasley, who were the two prominent and preeminent end-of-roster Bucks players for fantasy, and I think they're dead now. We had a lot of garbage time in this one as well. For the Cavs, Mitchell, only 26 minutes, just a casual 31, 5, and 7 with three steals. Awesome. But what about the minivan? George Niang, 33 points, five triples, 27 minutes, 93% shooting. Please don't add George Niang after this. But in saying that, he's 105th over the last two weeks in 24 minutes a night. Obviously helped a lot by this game. But it's not just entirely this game. It's a little bit just this game. He's a nice deeper league guy for now. Jarrett Allen continues his huge run. Big Sal High guy. 21 and 13 for him in 26 minutes. While Slam and Sammy Merrill had 10, 5 and 5. And imagine getting five assists out of Sam Merrill. That's how you know this game's out of control. He hit two threes and that's what his value is. It was a stinker from Karis LeVert. Four points, 22 minutes. Four assists, 14%. Points league, I would hold him. Categories, he's on the fence to me because of the inconsistency. And what about old mate Max Struz? Did he do anything to beat the fraud allegations? No, he didn't. Six points, 22 minutes. Six rebounds, three assists, 50% shooting, but didn't take any shots. After that unbelievable red-hot start where we looked at him and go, Ma- Ma- really, Ma- Max Struz? Really, Max Struz? Really, Max Struz? We looked at it a million times. I went, okay, I guess Max Struz. And now, like, he's, what, 124th for the season? He's 169th over the last two weeks. We are really, like, rocketing towards a drop for Struz. And I think if you're in a 10, you move on. And if you're in a points league for Struder, I, I, he might be close to done. 
even though the minutes and roll are generally there, like you just can't do anything at the moment. And that's it's weird because that obviously wasn't the case earlier in the season. Let's talk about the Rockets and the Knicks. Big win for the uh, Knicks. The Rockets are actually struggling at the moment. They're losing a lot of games. Knicks win 109-94. No Tari next season. Obviously, he still remains out. So let's go quickly and check on Cam Whitmore, who had zero points in nine minutes. Uh-oh. Um, we would hope that we'd get the 20 minutes and he was pushing up into a larger role, but absolutely not. So he missed all three of his shots and got benched. So you can go and go and jack him off. Simple. The path to minutes is not red, hot, open, clear. Red, hot's not the right term, but it's not there. So move on. Uh, Jolly B. Jalen Green had 15 and seven in his 29 minutes. It's just not enough, mate. Like, sorry. You're all right as a points league guy, but for category leagues, we know what we're doing. We're like, we're, um, we're piston bashing. Get that garbage out of here. Jabari had 11 and 6, which is fine. Shangun, 18, 10 and 5 with three blocks, which is good. Van Vliet played 41 minutes. Yeah. 24, 3 and 12 with a steal, which is actually good for your fantasy team. Well, Jeff Green out of nowhere had 9 and 5, but just overall a rough night. 40 minutes from Dylan Brooks as well. That's why Whitmore didn't play, but Brooks had 11 points on 31%. And he is only a stream guy. Please, there are a lot of people rostering him in 12, 10 leagues, and I think they are wrong. So you can go and drop him. You can go drop Cam Whitmore. For the Knicks... Um, we saw Bronson return, so McBride moved to the bench. He had zero points in 11 minutes. If you're holding on to McBride, get that garbage out of here. Hartenstein played 41 minutes, so no pressure to chill was not eating into his minutes. Foul trouble added into his minutes. He had 7, 11, 5, two steals, two blocks. It's a Hartenstein spe- special. The thing that's crazy about Hartenstein is he actually can play as a good usage player. So if there was an offense that was designed for anybody to touch the ball that wasn't Randall and Brunson, he'd actually be better than this. Which is crazy. Randall had 31, 8, and 4 on 61%. Awesome. Ananobi. Hey, here we go. Four steals. Imagine that. We've only been waiting 13 weeks. He had 15 and 5 with four steals in 43 minutes. Probably a little bit too much in a game that you win by 15. Who's to say? And Brunson had 37 in his return. 33 and 7 with four triples. The thing that's crazy about Tibbs, and there's lots of them, the you know failure to recognize that you're bald, that's number one. But number two... You've actually got good players on the bench. Like McBride can play and Quentin Grimes can play. You, you Fair enough with Randall. You have no forwards at all. No power forwards whatsoever. But these other guys can play. DiVincenzo sucked. Five points on 29%. He had five assists. He's worth a 12-team hold, barely. And Grimes is just going to be a deep league guy. And then it was a good game from Josh Hart. He played 30 minutes. He had 10 and 13, but I don't trust it for a single second. I just don't trust the role. It's all over the place in his production. Also, he's not particularly consistent. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Game Time app. Game Time, it is an app to buy tickets. Of course it is, because we want to go to things that are fun, and that's events, concerts, sporting events, musicals, theater, comedy showings. Whatever it is, Game Time's going to have those tickets there for you. They've got killer last-minute deals. They've got their all-in pricing. They've got the views from your seat, and... The best price guarantee. I haven't even talked about that lowest price guarantee very much because with the uh, game time guarantee, you always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. You've also got the flash deals so they just chuck them up on your phone. Sponsored deals as well. Hey, something's cracking. Do you want to go? And you say yes. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, whatever it is, game time will get those events Chucked onto your phone, and you can have a look and see what sort of discounts they're offering. And usually, they're pretty good. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. 
whenever I hear, whenever I do that read and as low as price is guaranteed, I'm just waiting for the um, Bunnings guitar solo to come through. Anyway, that is that is a sure sign I have spent way too long in this studio recording today. Bloody hell. Um, all right, let's do the next one. It is the Miami Heat up against our Toronto Raptors. Congratulations to Toronto. They get the win 121-97. That's what happens when you just get rid of all the excess nonsense and you put the ball in the hands of the best players in the world. They get a big win over the Heat without... Uh, they had no Jaime Jaquez and no Kevin Love. 31 minutes for Jimmy. 16-5-5 five five with two steals. Continues to be uh, somewhat mid this season while um, Adebayo had 16-5-4 and four, and Hero struggled with 16 points on 35%. At least he had the seven rebounds. Kyle Lowry played more minutes, but man, this guy is... Uh, well, have, I actually don't think I've done this for the big... Yeah, you know what's coming. I don't think I've done it for Kyle Lowry this season, but... Toronto, mate, they just always make the right moves. They always know when to move on from those players. That's what, you know, Canadian know-how. Just always making the right moves at the right time. Jovic played 21 minutes. He was okay. 10-7 and with a three and a block. He doesn't need to be rostered outside of deep leagues, though. And Caleb Martin had 10-3-5. Duncan Robinson started out really poorly, but he ended up with 14 points. He is probably more of that streamer guy now that Jimmy Butler is back. And I do believe that Jaime Huckers will fall into that role um, when he returns, but I don't know that, so hold on to him until we figure that out, except in points leagues. Now, for the Raptors, of course, they made a trade. So they moved on from Pascal Siakam. They don't have the new guys back yet. They elevated Gaz Trent. He played 31 minutes. He had 28 points with eight threes. And before you get all um, turgid thinking about Gary Trent, he might start the next game. He might start moving forward instead of Bruce Brown. That's true. But just ignore the points and threes. And I know you're not going to say, why would I ignore the points and threes, Josh? That's what I have Gary Trent for. True. But he played 31 minutes. He had two rebounds, zero assists, one steal, and, a, and zero blocks. And the way that he actually had any value at all is because he shot 77% from the field. Now, Gary Trent, if there's one thing we know about him is that he's a shit shooter. He takes a lot of them. They don't go in like this. So his problem is, is he can have these games, but how do you pick when they're going to happen? You don't. So he shot 77%, including eight of nine from three. If you think that's going to happen, well, go piston bash somewhere else. It's just not. Stream him in by all means. I just don't think you need to add him. What about MVP favorite Scotty Barnes? 34 minutes, 20 and five, eight assists, two steals and a block. I do think this Pascal Siakam trade will help Barnes. 28 usage here is a great step forward. I did talk about him on the buy low sell high show and said he's a buy low. Even if I wasn't convinced he was getting back to his um, numbers from the beginning of the season. He might actually get back there now. I'm not sure that he does, but he might now with Siakam gone. That is possible. So good game from Barnes. And quickly had 17, eight and nine. Another strong performance. Jonte Porter started. He had six points. He had two threes. He had two blocks. He does have a really good fantasy game. Just the minutes aren't quite there. He's just a streamer, probably more for 14-teamers. Well, Thaddy Young, Thaddy? The Deuce. The Deuce Young played 28 minutes for five and eight. That's still just deeper league stuff. What about your mate, Roland Barrett? How did he go? Now that we've minted him as the greatest player of all time, um, mainly because he's Canadian and everyone there is just, like, I have the utmost respect for all Canadians. I, I love them all, especially RJ Barrett. Just I don't actually have anything against RJ Barrett. I just think he's overrated as a player. But he came out again and shot amazingly. 36 minutes, 26, 8, and 3. But again, this is going to be a gigantic fall-off. Now, he 
was disgusting from the line. Seven of 13, that really hurts. But he shot 73% on his twos for a 64% overall field goals. No steals, no blocks. If you are not actively looking to ship RJ Barrett out for a top 100, top 80 player in a category league, I think you're doing it wrong. But if you just love him as much as, as I do and everyone else does, then maybe just hold on and ride it out. That is possible too. I have been very impressed with the minutes pushing up. I'm impressed with the fact that he's on this hot shooting streak. It's amazing. I just, and that's that's actually genuine. It is amazing. To shoot that well is ridiculous. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I believe that RJ Barrett's a different player now because I, I don't. Dennis Schroeder had nine points in 27 minutes. I'd wait to see what happens with the traded players arriving and any other moves, but I'm not... I'm not locked in that Schroeder is going to remain a 12-team league guy. And for those of you asking, hey, is Chris Boucher the ad with Pascal Siakam gone? Get that garbage out of here! Two and seven in 18 minutes. Now, I made the mistake when Pirtle went down. I said, oh, they'll probably just play Boucher, so we add him. No, no, not again. Because then we saw it. He didn't play when Pirtle was out. And then Siakam missed a game last weekend, and he also played like 15 minutes. So it was never going to happen. They finally realized he's not that good, and he's not going to play. W Raptors, I, I should say, another common W for the Raptors. Let's talk about the next game. The San Antonio Spurs get smashed by the Celtics, 117-98, the final score here. Wembenyama, after the game, told us that he is going to sit the game on Friday. He obviously doesn't want to, but he is going to, um, he's going to play that, um, well, sit that game Friday and then play the game on Saturday. Just as I'm recording this, wow, that, he must be. Uh, Christian Coloco just got waived. The Raptors needed to waive a player to bring them in for the trade. I thought it would be Garrett Temple. This guy must, that illness must be terrible. They just waived him. So he's gone. That's, a, that's actually amazing. I feel so, he must be so crook. That's really bad. Yeah, so there you go. Coloco waived. Anyway, um, Wembenyama's going to sit on Friday and he's going to play on Saturday against the Wizards. He was ridiculous again, 27-5 and five in 27 minutes with a block on 53% shooting and 5 of 6 on the line. Continues to just put up insane numbers, top top 6. And by top 6, I mean 6th over the last two weeks. Sohan's good run continuing. You'll say that good run. He shot 22% had 5 points, Josh. Yeah, that's not particularly good. But what about the rest? 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals and a block. He is a 12-team league guy at the moment. Trey Jones had only 9 points, but 10 assists, and Vassell got back on track a little bit. Still didn't shoot well, but had 19 points in his 32, but we've got to do a check. What about the horse? How did Keldon Johnson look? And the answer is, uh-oh, uh, 5 points, 23 minutes, 2 rebounds, 50% shooting. Um, I'd be more worried about those minutes than anything. If you know me, and some of you do, some of you don't, welcome to the new listeners. I don't rate Keldon Johnson at all as a player. So him playing 23 minutes, yeah, it makes sense. That's probably what he should do. And he looks a little bit like he is, um, has he pulled the plug? Has he like, like, is he pissed that he's off the bench? I don't know. This is a shock and run. But are we ready? Can we do it? Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, I think we can. Don Barlow, the Trojan, he had five points in 21 minutes. Uh, he'll be an interesting stream, same, same as Mamakalishvili on Friday against the Hornets because number one, it's the Hornets and number two, Wembenyama won't be there. The Celtics, they've been resting guys on and off every every day, every game basically the last week. No Paul Zingas, no White. Jalen Brown returned 21-7-5. Drew had 22-4-4. Four and, four. and the big foul, Luke Cornett, 30 minutes. Six and nine with three blocks. Just always ha- handy to have that information. He probably needs, like today, two starters out and they and, and one of them has to be Horford or Paul Zingas to, to get that value, but good numbers. 
Tatum just brutal from the percentages, man. He has been so rough from some of the shooting stuff this season. 24-5-2 on 42% with no defensive stats and 60 from the line. But overall, uh, and there's not a lot to talk about here. They had this game in hand. There were two starters out. It's going to mean nothing as we move forward. So I'm not going to waste your time opining about what to do with Luke Cornett and Nemeus Cater in this game. This one was a little bit more competitive. Your Orlando Magic, uh-huh. they lose to the Atlanta Hawks, 106-104. Wendell Carter Jr., 18-5, two, two steals, one block, three threes. Okay, add him. That's fine. He had plenty of good run in previous seasons. He looked a little bit weird this season, had a couple of injuries. This is the Wendell Carter that I've seen for years. Go and add him. Just do it. That's fine. Goga was also solid enough, 10-10 and 10, with two blocks. If Wendell pushes to 28, though, Goga won't be worth a 12-team roster spot. That means Mo Wagner continues to be out of the rotation. He's still rostered in 31% of 12-team leagues. What are those guys doing? Get that garbage out of here. And we also got 30 minutes out of Markel Fultz, which is also very interesting. Now, we didn't do a huge amount, 10-4-1 with three steals. But I didn't think he'd played 30 minutes really much at all. But he did. So go and do it. Have a crack. Go for it. Trended up really quickly. Jalen Suggs had 16 points in 28 minutes. That's not That's not bad. Took 86% shooting to get there. His defensive stats are well down at the moment. There will be people that drop Suggs. I would go and add him. Well, Paolo had just a brutal shooting night. 32% from the field. But 82 from the line is good. Two steals and a block is good. And that's cool. Caleb Houston started, didn't do very much as Fultz and Carter got some of those minutes. KK had three steals and a block in his 30 minutes, replacing Franz Wagner. I thought that Houston could maintain a little bit of value as a three-point streamer. I don't think that's true. And I don't think you need to hold on to Cole Anthony, who had 10 points in his 22 minutes. But the big takeaways there are the performances of Carter and Fultz, I think. For the Hawks, DeJounte, 26-5-5, really good. Two steals, 61%. That's really strong after a couple of down games. And the same from Trey, although he didn't shoot well. Just the 36 from Trey, 18, 3, and 12. Seemed to hurt his ankle in this one, but played through it. Bogdan had been also struggling, but he had 12 points with a steal and a block. And it was finally time for a bad Jalen Johnson game. 10 and 9 on 33%. It'll be okay. Sadiq Bey made us all a little sad. He had 7 points in his 35 minutes on 14%. You don't have to roster him. Get that garbage out of here. And we got... Capella and um, a Kongwu crossover. 27 minutes apiece. 12 and 3 for the Kerner on 100%. And then a Kongwu had 15 and 9 with a block. Now, I don't really have any faith that they're going to cross over like this. But let's be honest. Is a Kongwu playing power forward worse than Sadiq Bay playing power forward? No. It just further complicates what do we do with a Kongwu. I still maintain a 12-team category hold, but not for points and not for 10-team cats. But 15-9 with a block, he's absolutely a 10-team category league guy. This hasn't happened often enough for us to rely upon it, unfortunately. And they are running the thinnest rotation in the world. Like, what are they running? Eight guys, and one of them is 13 minutes of Garrison Matthews. Well, at least they got a win by two points over the Orlando Magic. The next game was the Charlotte Hornets and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Hornets were without Mark Williams, of course. The the man... And I was going to say something that sounded like an insult, but I didn't want to... I won't say that. But... I'm pretty sure that like, is his is his back being re- is his spine being replaced by like a chicken twisty? When's he coming back? This guy, maybe this week. I don't know. Gordon Haywood's out for another week or so with a calf strain, and then Brandon Miller was out. You don't have to roster Williams or Haywood or Miller. Williams, as soon as he comes back, you can grab. But probably could have dropped two weeks if if these dickheads would have told us about it. As for his replacement, Big Dick Nick, 31 minutes with an ankle sprain, 10 and 12 with two blocks. I like it, and I just keep rostering him. 
Rogier, 25 points, 60%, seven threes. The assists have dropped off. I still maintain there's a sell high. And I know this because I've seen people say it. There are people who will, don't believe that it's a sell high because they just think he can keep cooking. And that is okay. Maybe they are right. But that means that if I've got him and I want to uh, inquire about maybe moving on, that there are people who just think this is Terry Rogier now. I'm not really convinced that's true. Lamelo Ball had 29, 5, and 7 with four triples, and he got to the line 10 times. His free throw rate is way up after returning from his ankle injury, and Miles Bridges has uh, struggled. 19, 4, and 3, no defensive stats, 40% shooting. After a red-hot start to the season, he's now outside the top 50, and he's 65th over the last two weeks, and I think that's probably a reasonable spot for him. Not much else going on. We got 13, not 13, we got 17 minutes for Nick Smith with three points. And Cody Martin started, had two steals in his 28 minutes. And um, we we don't have to roster PJ Washington. Get that garbage out of here! Now, they do have a strong schedule coming up over the next few weeks, but he played 24 minutes, PJ. And I know he's like, used to be the Gennaro Gattuso legend, but now he's just shit. Like, it's not even sometimes anymore. He's just shit every game. Seven and five with two blocks. They are, for a team that gave, let Miles Bridges sign a one-year qualifying offer where they've got no ability to maintain him outside of bird rights and can't trade him without his consent versus giving an extension, a four-year extension to PJ Washington as a restricted guy. They certainly seem to be prioritizing the wrong one here. What do I know? I'm not a, um, I'm not in management for one of the most inept franchises in the NBA. I'm not in management for any franchise in the NBA. So I guess they've got that over me. But the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram had been struggling. And he said, no, 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 Josh, I saw that you're on my um, buy low, sell high show. You're on the sell high two weeks ago. So I did you a favor. I dropped the production down for two weeks. And now I'm going to pick it back up because he's back. 28, 10 and 10 with seven threes and three seals. And I just did the thing there that I hate the most. I hate when people take a one game sample size and use it to infer that form has changed. Form is an ongoing thing, not a one game sample. So is he back? No, but he had a good game. Let's hope it turns it around. McCullum had 22, 6, and 6, and him um, cosplaying as Dikembe Mutombo continued with two blocks. And Jordan Hawkins remains in the rotation over Jose Alvarado. Very intriguing. 21 points with six threes for Hawk. That is at least interesting enough for deeper leagues. What does it mean for Kenneth Murphy the third? Ken had 18 points in his 24 minutes with five triples. That's pretty good, but we're at this stage with Murphy now where I'm not... I don't know that we need to hold on in 12-10 leagues. The reason you would hold, I think, for Trey Murphy is that you're waiting for somebody else to get hurt. And a lot of the time, that's not a great way to go about things. What we needed to see was the uh, Valanchunas and Nance minute split. 25 minutes to JV, 19 to Nance. Now, JV had four and seven, and that completely stinks. I don't think he's droppable, but he might be. He might end up that way, because four and seven is obviously going to be droppable if that continued. I just don't think that will. Well, Nance had seven and six, two assists and a block. Pretty good. Nance is a great 14 team ad, maybe 12s. Zion's lack of usage this season is completely baffling. He had 13, 6, and 9 with three steals. I like the steals. I like the assists, but he took 12 shots and he 42%. What's his usage? He should be running at 31. Like, he's at 25. They're running this egalitarian offense, and I'm not sure that's going to work long-term. I don't know. What about um, Herb Jones? 24 minutes for Herbalife, 9 points, 2 steals, 2 threes. I remain conflicted with this guy. Is he a must roster? Points leagues, no. Absolutely not. But if they're giving 20 minutes to Hawkins and Murphy's there and Jones is there, is, is Herb, I don't know that Herb's going to be worth it. I He's moving more into specialist territory versus a must-roster player. The next game, Dallas, 
Lakers. Lakers win 127-110, the final score. Luca returned. He had 33-13-10 with a Richie Benno and good shooting numbers. Fantastic. Unfortunately, with Luca back, Kyrie just died in the ass. 12 points, 32 minutes, a locker room trip, 25% shooting, 6 assists. Now, did Kyrie shoot 25% because Luca was back? No, he didn't. But the um, reduction in, in shot attempts is likely because of that. Tim Hardaway also, we knew there was going to be a fall-off. He also shot under 30%, 29% to be exact. 12-4, and four, You can with Luca back, you can probably move on from Tim. And Derek Lively played 28 minutes, had 16-11, remains a must-roster player. I don't, there shouldn't be any arguments. There is, but there shouldn't be. Very interesting to see Muxy Kleber play 21 minutes. He had six points with two threes and two blocks. Let's just monitor that. We're not adding him really anywhere. We won't really add him in 12s at all, but... Those numbers are interesting. Derek Jones, I think you don't need him in 10 or 12 or maybe 14. Get that garbage out of here. Eight points with two threes in 27 minutes. And Jaden Hardy had seven in his 20 minutes. Overall, not a lot to talk about there. Pretty bad loss overall for the Mavericks and comfortable win for the Lakers. Davis had 29, 28, 12 and 9 for um, the Lakers with a steal and a block on great shooting. And LeBron had 25, 8 and 8 also with great shooting. We detailed LeBron on the uh, buy low show the other day saying his field goal percentage numbers are well down. Well, thank you, LeBron, for bumping that back up here. And this is a huge hot streak for D'Angelo Russell. 29, 4 and 3 on 55%. He was, he was playing 24 minutes as a starter earlier in the year. And now he's getting 36 a night and cranking. Love it. If you've got him. Did I I I've got him in one league and I dropped him in another, probably an L, probably almost def, definitely an L. He looks great, but there's one thing we know about ice and Albanian legend D'Angelo Russell, is that that ice can just move straight into his shooting at any point. Austin Reeves was all right, but only 30 minutes, 14, three and seven, shot really well. But the artist formerly known as Torian Prince got 21 minutes. Are we finally rid of this nonsense? He obviously is not rosterable. He's why he's 16% rostered in 12 teams. Jesus Christ. Nine points in 21 minutes for Prince. Yeah, move on. While Christian Wood, I kept saying, like, yeah, he's been a 12-team league guy. He's top 100. I'm not really sure why it's happening or how it's happening, but I acknowledge that he has been. He had two and two in 17 minutes, and that feels better. Feels like the world is more aligned when I see stuff like that. While Hachimura had six points in his 22, and he is still somehow rostered in 12-team leagues, and of course, he should not be. All right, and now we do the final game of the day. The Blazers get the win against Brooklyn. Is this the only team they can really beat? 105-103. Spencer Dinwiddie, who after had been terrible, decided he was going to play well. 19, 2-7, 63% shooting. Now, obviously, he's been like just useless. I still don't think that this makes him a must-roster player, but obviously, it's impressive. Cam Johnson struggled early but turned in a pretty good line, 13-3-5. He's obviously had some really, really bad games. He was featured on the Buy Low, Sell High show the other day, and I still believe that he is a, a, a category league player. Mikael Bridges had a trip to the locker room, which you don't really see very often. He did return, but he was horribly inefficient. 21-4-4 on 39%, including 4-6 of six from the line, and his struggles do continue. While Claxo had 12-12 and 12 with 3 steals. Time for Cam Thomas watch. Yeah, 8 points, 22 minutes... Four assists, which is good, but 29%. It's really, really hard to justify holding on to that. Get that garbage out of here! And Dennis Smith, who had been playing well, yeah. 14 minutes, two points, two steals. He's still top 100 over the last week, or last two weeks, actually. He's in that Chris Dunn, even Larry Nance sort of a zone of a guy that you can use for those lower volume stats, but it's hard to rely upon because of the, of the lower minutes. Fine to have if you want, don't necessarily have to. For Portland, wow, what a story. Deion Ayton was cleared from his knee issue, and then he couldn't get to the game because of ice on the roads. And everyone hates Deion Ayton, and I am a big critic of Deion Ayton, don't get me wrong about that. 
But I think some of the stuff about him here in this thing is a little unfair. I don't think that he was like just not coming into work. Like there was a legitimate problem across those roads there. The Blazers did what they could to get him there, but they just couldn't. It was just impossible for him to move around where from where he lives to get to the arena is everything that I've heard. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. I'm not going to say that he's you know just being a, a dick and lying about not being able to get to the game. He just couldn't get there. So we've got the big fella, the big uh, Great Barrier Reef. Starting again, 25 minutes for Dwop, 17-7-3 on 78%. We don't need to worry about him in 12s. Well, Thibel hurt his ankle towards the end, but they made a weird, weird starting lineup change. Last game, Scooter Henderson was huge. So they brought him off the bench for 23 minutes. Why? I have no idea. But they won. Does that matter? I guess maybe a little bit. Scoot had seven points in 23 minutes on the 17%. That's obviously objectively horrible. Now I don't really know what to make of this because they were starting Scoot for a real period of time and Brogdon was playing like 17 minutes. They decided for some reason to switch it up and Brogdon played 30 and had 16, 5, and 6. And I know that someone is going to be typing furiously now on their keyboard. It's a showcase, Josh. They don't exist. I don't know why they did this, but a showcase doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. So what do we do here with Brogdon? What do we do with Scoot? I wouldn't. I personally would not rush to add Brogdon. 16-5 and 6 is strong. I don't trust 30 minutes. I don't trust his health. I don't trust his role. I don't trust his team. I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to bother with that. As for Scoot, he's still in that like, yeah, you're going to get hurt in a lot of different areas. But there is some value in holding if you're in a strong position. But that is legitimately deflating to see that role just get cut down like that. Anthony Simons continues to have some real efficiency issues, 20-4 on 40% shooting. And Kamara moved to the bench too, which I did not see coming, and they moved Jeremy Grant to the three. Like, okay. Grant had 30-8 and eight and was efficient, so that's great. He took a ton of shots. 26 shots, Jeremy Grant. Probably a few too many, my guy. But he took them, and that means that they started Jabari Walker. Now I am very interested in that. I've been talking about Jabari Walker for weeks, saying that I think at the end of the season in March, Jeremy Grant's um, moon-cycled knee injury is going to flare up again and Jabari will start and be a standard league player. But he's starting now. Now, I don't know whether this holds or not, but four and six for Jabari is not great. 25% is bad. If I'm in 14-team leagues, though, I am adding Jabari Walker. And I would I would sort of consider it in 12s. Over the last two weeks, including this, whatever this disaster is, he's 152nd in 27 minutes. I Is, it, is his upside high enough for me to be a get-out-ahead-of-it sort of situation? I don't think so. But I'm intrigued at this starting lineup change. And given they won, it'll hold next game. I feel pretty confident about that. Except Dion Ayton will return him. And maybe that means that, yeah, Reith going to the bench means that Walker goes to the bench and they get other guys in. I don't know. But it was interesting to see. And it was definitely um, unexpected. It was definitely unexpected. Okay. That is the end of the games. I am not going to do the full monstrous line of the night uh, thing because... In a rush, and I've been talking on this thing for about five hours today, so apologies. But we will do a quick stream recap, stream of the day recap. Your 10-team stream was Gogo Badadze. He had 10, 10, 3, 1, and 2. That works all right. A 12-team stream was Big Dick Nick, 10 and 12 with two blocks. Your 14-team stream was Larry Nance, which is okay. It wasn't great. 7 and 6 with a uh, with a block there for old Larry. The 16-teamer was Thad Young, 5 and 8 for Thad with a steal. That's okay. And your Yahoo points and ESPN points was Gogo Badadze. 34.5 Yahoo points and 38 ESPN points for Badadze. Both of those, I think, worked out pretty, pretty well. And then what we'll just get into, lastly, again, um, should I just, I don't have the time to go and create the uh, 
the old graphics, but I will tell you who actually was the line of the night. If I just go and have a look at that. Um, Ingram, Brandon Ingram was your monstrous line of the night. George Niang was your waiver wire line of the night. Jaden Ivey was your young gun of the night. And your dud of the night was, of course, Christian or James Christian Middleton. So let's, uh, let's look here at what we're just sort of taking away. I think we can look at Wendell Carter as an ad. I think we can maybe even consider Marco Fultz. I think Larry Nance is an ad, those more towards the 14-team league zone. And Jaden Ivey just needs to be grabbed. I'd be more than happy to move on from Leaky Beasley and more than happy to move on from Sadiq Bay as well. Also, if you wanted to drop a TJ McConnell with Halliburton's return coming, go ahead, just do it. Like If you miss out on one game of him starting, I, I think it'll end up um, I think it'll end up being okay. And that does bring us to the end of today's show. Don't forget to be a double banger. Watch the video, listen to the audio. And if you are here on the video side, give it a thumbs up, hit the bell, hit the subscribe and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching everyone. See ya.